Welcome to Stephanie and Stephanie Talk Tunes. Welcome, Talk Tuners, to the show where we share stories and memories of the music that has shaped our lives. Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie Myers. Hey, guys. Stephanie Pena here. What is up, Talk Tuners? Stephanie. Oh, my God. Let's go right into it. I saw one of the best shows of my life a couple of days ago. That's saying a lot because just like me, I know you've seen like literally hundreds of concerts and and I mm-hmm. saw some good ones this week and I know it's a big one, so I can't wait to hear about it. Yeah. Oh my God. I just got chills right now just even thinking about what I'm about to tell you guys, Talk Tuners and Stephanie. I saw the one and the only Stevie Nicks. I saw Stevie Nicks. Like, wow. Like, I'm still kind of floored that I went. Oh my gosh. It was great, y'all. I mean, so Steph, check it out. Um, I saw her in Austin, um, yeah. newish, I would say brand new, uh, you know, venue. It's the Moody center and it's actually on our campus. It's on UT mm. campus. It is now the new home of Longhorns basketball. So, um, very schnazzy, very, uh, high tech and futuresque. I have a really cool mural of Willie Nelson inside that I know that you would, <laughs> definitely appreciate. (laughs) And yeah, so it's really awesome. So brought a lot of nostalgia. Of course, Stephanie, I was thinking about, you know, episode one of, you know, of our show and how that all went down and how we met. But let's talk about Stevie. This woman, man, she is in her seventies and she sounds like she is 20 something. She has not skipped a beat. Wonderful. Um, wonderful the crowd alone is so great too you know folks that were all trying to dress like hippie and witch style wearing black and it was looking straight out american horror story the coven i don't know if you guys (laughs) ever watched that particular one it was awesome i loved it absolutely loved it but stevie came up totally showed up played all the hits she played dreams she talked about not only was she was she singing her top hits, but she was telling the stories behind oh, it. Cool. I learned a lot. It was really great. So I mean, as you know, Stephanie, don't uh, stop dragging my heart around. You know, which she did with Tom Petty. She talked about meeting Tom Petty and producing this song. It was really really cool. Love it. Super cool. She even did under encore. She did free Fallen. Um, and that was awesome. And she had pictures of her and Tom and, you know, Tom himself. And, you know, aside from that, you know, her other big hitch, Belladonna, uh, you know, Stand Back. That song? Stephanie, did you know that Prince was actually an influence for this particular song? Oh, not for Stand Back? No, I did not know that. Yeah, so check it out. So she was saying that she had... She was listening to Little Red Corvette, like she was on the highway with her partner, and she just started singing Stand Back. I, I don't know. And then she that night, she wrote the song. And so during while she performed it, she had images of Prince in the background. It was so cool. Oh, I love that. So cool. My favorite, Gold Dust Woman, my absolute favorite song. Oh, Oh my God. So I have that on video to cherish forever. And according to my beloved Setlist FM, she actually sang the demo version. So I have to go back. I mean, I don't know. It's not, whatever. It was great. I didn't, I wasn't like, oh no, this isn't the, you know, the studio version. <laughs> this is phenomenal. It was extended and the graphics too was pretty cool. Cause she had like, like women, like mermaids and like 
dust, uh, like glitter dust, just kind of like dancing behind. It was just really cool. I just can't explain it. It was awesome. I love it. I love it. Stevie is such a queen. Edge of 17, when that started, it was an extended guitar intro. Oh, so amazing. The crowd was so, so happy. I mean, everyone was just smiling. Everyone was under her spell. Ah. Love it. And uh, I had great company. Um, saw a lot of good friends. So if any of my friends in Austin are listening to this right now, it was great seeing you guys. And yeah, this is something that I will forever cherish. And I feel extremely privileged to be able to see her. Um, man. And she's, stu- she's super short. I didn't know how short she was. Oh, I don't think I knew that. I don't think I knew that. <laughs> yeah, I was that close. So yeah, super privileged because I was hella close to Stevie oh. Nicks. That's really cool. God, for a legend like that to be that close. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not going to say how I got close, but I got close. And yeah, so awesome. I highly recommend she's still, you know, still touring right now. Go check her out as she's coming through your town. Um, But uh, yeah, so I got to take a little bit of breather there. Uh, Super excited uh, that I was able to see her. But um, today, you know, today we're actually talking about another female artist, um, and let's go ahead and get to it. So, hey guys, Talk Tuners, today we are here to talk about M.I.A., and she hit the scene in 2007 with the Mega Smash Paper Planes. It was such a big mm-hmm. hit and people think she kind of came out of nowhere with it, but it's not true at all. Like she had been around for quite a while. Um, for folks who don't know, she's British rapper. Her name is uh, Maya Arulpragasam, but goes by MIA and has uh, for her entire professional career. She's London born, uh, Sri Lankan raised rapper, but also singer. And her father was the founder of the Tamil resistance. And that's the Sri Lankan uh, political movement. So uh, it's the violence of war, the fight to end it were concepts with which she was familiar very early on. And she arrived in London as a refugee uh, to escape the genocide of Sri Lanka's minority group. So that was, I think, very formative for her and her art, right? Yep. Absolutely. And when this song came out, she was actually in New York. So this is something special for for us talk tuners, because Stephanie and I were in New York at this time. And it was there was a like new like New York scene. And she was part of that. 
she was a big part yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah. When we lived in New York, like seeing that scene unfold, right. And kind of being mm-hmm. in the middle of it was so mm-hmm. special just in terms of the music and in terms of that moment, right. In terms of that moment musically. Yeah. It was so cool. But she has very much, um, I think, yeah, been formed by these early experiences in mm-hmm. um, 2014. She had said, the moment everybody seems to be motivated by, hey, I want to be a musician so I can be a billionaire, and said, that has to change. She was asked, how can artists bring social consciousness to the mainstream? She said this advice, if you're really going to change music, using music for what music used to be, social commentary, then it has to go back to what it was like before music became a machine. And I thought that was very, uh, even ahead of the time, right? To say this in 2014, because now we're really, really seeing those sentiments show up. So like definitely saw the corporatism uh, that was coming to music and saying, well, how do we head that off at the pass and think more about artistry? So um, I thought that was really interesting, but she's been committed to those ideals um, for really her whole life. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. And her sound is unique. And, you know, there's, that's the best way to describe it. She has a lot of influences, uh, you know, reggae, rhythm and blues, rock, hip hop, Asian folk, uh, you know, Asian folk, you know, music, African folk music, all these influences. And uh, she has been known to have been influenced by artists, including Missy Elliott, Lou Reed, uh, Timbaland, the Beastie Boys, London Posse. Um, and also uh, Tamil film music. And as Stephanie you know, mentioned, she's a singer. Well, also MIA, uh, she went to art school and she wanted to direct, uh, you know, movies, films. So um, that's something that uh, I found pretty interesting as we were doing research for, for the show. That's really interesting. Wow. So it sounds like that really informed her musically. Yeah, absolutely. And she's, uh, you know, if anyone has ever seen her live, I mean, we'll go into more depth into that, but, um, you, she is, she's a creative. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She brings some style for sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, with paper planes and the song itself, to me, it's like kind of a fascinating, uh, journey and how it got there and how it's put together. The song is from her album Kala and it has this very airy beat, um, and then plus the lyrics about a, a tourist murdering passport uh, counterfeiting thieves. So um, the song, as folks say, it's like that could be read as the story of immigrants or the owner of an arms industry. And the title refers to uh, transit visas from Latin. Charta visa means paper that has to be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has all these in- intentional references, right? It, of course, hopefully folks on the line who know this song do know this, but it samples the 1982 Clash song, Straight to Hell. Yes. Classic, wonderful song and uh, no better place uh, to have it. So um, do love the Clash. So I definitely think that's really cool. Mm -hmm. And the song got into the top uh, U.S. Top 100 in mid 2008 after it was featured in the trailer for the movie pineapple express uh so folks know that one and then it was later used in the soundtrack for um also in 2008 the film slumdog millionaire so it really had this just cultural visibility cultural cachet and just was all over these different mediums right so it got tons of exposure 
I'd be so surprised if the talk tuners on the line kind of had not seen like or heard this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she, it wasn't something that you heard on the radio because radio was still uh, something that was relevant. I I hate to say that, but terrestrial radio is what I mean. Uh, Something that was relevant during this time. So it was still a little edgy, still alternative, still a little underground. And it's cool that she got exposure uh, in Hollywood. Pineapple Express. That's a funny movie. I think it's a hilarious movie. And it just reminds me of, I feel like at that time, there were so many of those types of movies coming out too, but the trailers were everything. And so to have these, uh, to have this trailer really catapult it to the next level, it's already out there. It's already doing numbers, but people were like, Oh, Hey, I'm associating it uh, with this new movie. Yeah. It was just all over. I just can't even, it's hard to even describe um, unless you remember it being uh, released around that time. So is, it was really cool. It was really cool. Yeah, for sure. And it was interesting, too, because even the Financial Times all the way in like 2020 started like weighing in on the legacy of this song had like a full article. Yeah, just about paper planes. And I was like, well, that's fascinating in and of itself. Um, But they kind of got into uh, different meanings of the song and they'd said, yeah, while the song's title refers to these counterfeit visa documents, it also evokes the Maoist phrase paper tiger, broadly meaning something or someone whose perceived threat is entirely illusory. The wickedly sardonic implication here is that immigrants feared to be terrorists are in fact a threat to no one or just quote unquote paper planes. So they really kind of, you know, this many years after the song came out, did kind of a deep dive into like, oh, what's the meaning here? And I was fascinated by that. So really the song has such legs and it's just, I mean, it really has made the rounds and it's making people think right this many years right. later. And especially, you know, in these uh, times where we have this unfortunate anti-immigrant sentiment too. Um, this right. one's a real uh, song of solidarity in that way. Yeah. And to piggyback off that, I checked out the video for the first time stuff before um, you know, connecting, uh, connecting on the line here. And the video is basically her in a bodega and also in a food truck, just hustling. And that's what the song is about hustling. You are, uh, you know, an you're an immigrant coming in, you know, to the States or wherever you are coming into and trying to make a new life, you're going to hustle, but this was definitely placed in New York. So this is, um, you know, just giving the depiction of not all, of course, not all immigrants go to New York to open up bodegas or to work in a food truck, but you know, some places that you would actually see immigrants making their ends meet and getting their start. So it was pretty cool. And I love the sound effects of the cash machine. <laughs> I love that. That's like my favorite thing about this song. (laughs) It's so good. It's just so good. It's catchy as hell. Super catchy. And, you know, the first time I heard this song, I was in the Lower East Side. And, of course, I was at some bar because that's what I did. 2007, 2008. And I was just blown the fuck away because I hadn't heard anything like this before. Uh Like, whoa. And that cash machine, you guys just heard the clip. So folks that have never heard the song or maybe just refreshing your memory because it's been a minute since you've heard this song. That's pretty, I mean, that's intense. I mean, that's just, I don't know. My sense, it's like a sensory overload for me. And that that's the best way for me to describe the way I feel when I hear MIA's music. It's a sensory overload, but in a great way, in an absolute great way. I am a fan of her other music, you know, some hits, just naming some 
of my favorites. I love Bring the Noise. Oh, that song. Oh, yes. I, I will dance like I can dance because I can't dance. <laughs> but um, yeah, Bad Girls, Bucky Dunn Gun. I absolutely love it. She's got she's got good flavor, man. She's got good flavor. But, uh, you know, we're going to kind of turn the tables here and just talk about MIA. And I guess you can say her legacy. Her legacy is revolved around controversy. <laughs> Yeah. There's no way. There, I mean, I'm just being completely honest, talk tuners, and maybe some of our loyal fans are like, who may know about her past, be like, oh, wow. Well, you know, with any artist, there's always controversy. And uh, there's one thing that I just want to bring up that I learned. I actually forgot. So, hey, talk tuners, I'm a big football fan. And I forgot that she actually did the halftime show with Madonna. Um, back in 2012, Super Bowl 46, it was Madonna, Nicki Minaj, and MIA. Um, and she was actually sued for $16.6 million by the NFL for shooting the bird and saying, I don't give a shit while performing Madonna's Give Me All Your Lovin'. <laughs> okay, so I, I went back and I saw the footage, Stephanie. It's so like, it's so like, it's like a snippet. Like, it maybe that's why I was like, what, what the hell? Like I'm doing the, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing the research and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I didn't even, I forgot about it. So it wasn't even a big deal. But according to the source I was reading, like the NFL got like over 200 complaints about uh, MIA and her doings. <laughs> and we all know that there's been a lot of controversy with halftime super, uh, halftime uh, Super Bowl shows. Yeah. I mean, Michael Jackson's been a part of it. Janet Jackson, Tim, uh, Justin Timberland, Prince, he's been yeah. on it. I mean, there a lot of people have, a lot of artists have been um, definitely uh, not on the, have been on the NFL's naughty list for yeah. not complying to the Super Bowl family values. So <laughs> whatever. So anyway, saying, yeah. I, I thought it was pretty funny. Um, but the best part about this, you know, aside from, you know, her just doing her thing is that Patriots lost to the Giants again four years later. So that, you know, anyway, got to throw that in there. Not, not a fan of Tom Brady. Not a fan of him whatsoever. Not even a Giants fan, but I'm always about Tom Brady losing. Anyway, um, so, but this, uh, this issue went to arbitration and it got... It got resolved two years later in 2014. That's how long it took. Damn. Like, what? Come on. Anyway, whatever. I guess uh, MIA has some really great lawyers. I couldn't find out what went down, what she paid, what, you know, any of the agreements, but whatever. It's squashed. And I did learn that Madonna wasn't happy. She had a... Uh, she had an interview on MTV and she was saying she wasn't pleased that there was a feeling of union, uh, you know, and unity. There was a feeling of unity during her uh, halftime performance. And I can see that. But I also just chuckled inside because Madonna is no stranger to controversy. And Madonna has done a lot of stupid shit. So I was just like, okay, whatever. I'm not taking sides here. I just thought it was a little funny. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, on the flip side, you know, uh, just to throw in something that I learned that I thought that was really cool is that in January of 2020, she received the most excellent order of the British empire, also known as the MBE award from Prince William for her contributions to music. Oh yes. Elvis Costello has also got an MBE award as well. So that's pretty amazing. I thought that was cool. Um, and I also learned that MIA's mother actually sewed medals for the queen. 
since the eighties when they oh, wow. went over um, to London as refugees. And yeah, so that's, whoa, <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's really, really cool. That's yeah, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's the, um, just as you uh, mentioned, you know, she's this uh, multifaceted person who has uh, courted controversy um, in different ways throughout her career. Uh, and folks might have heard some of the other things too that she has publicly said. She um, she's railed against like the COVID vaccine. She said some anti BLM stuff, and then she's also implied that five G technology um, is going to um, basically hurt your health. So she's like, she's also said some really out of pocket, um, pretty crazy stuff. Uh, talk tuners, you can go like, look it up. Cause I don't think we're even gonna yeah. quote it honestly. Cause it's just, nope. it's some pretty wild things. So we would be remiss if we were to not, uh, throw that out there and mention that. And honestly, quick Google, you can find you can find the same things. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We don't, we do not align with that. But yeah, uh, stuff. It's it's real, right? Exactly. You Google yeah. it, boom, it's right in your face. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, but uh, you know, prior to all the crazy things she said in 2020, we actually got to saw her in her prime when yeah. she was up and coming, and that was pretty dope. Yeah, that was really cool. In 2007. We got to see her at the Village Voice Siren Festival on Coney Island. And this was a really cool festival that the Village Voice put on every summer with a bunch of different musical acts. And it was always a really good time. It was by the ocean. It was fantastic. Uh, in the past, they had New York Dolls, Matt and Kim. And in 2007, MIA headlined. And we went to go see it. And it was such a great show and the crowd was so into it. So if you can just imagine these really special Coney Island vibes, uh, talk yes. to on the line, probably know how special Coney Island is. It was just around the time when she was so huge and she just knocked it out of the park that day, uh, proverbially and literally. So it was so cool to be able to see that. Uh, unfortunately, that uh, Siren Fest uh, has sunsetted. It is no longer. But I know you and I got to see a lot of those shows there, Stephanie. We lived in New York. And it was just such a, a special moment in time. And it was such a really cool curated festival. So it was so neat um, to be able to see her there in her prime. Yes, absolutely, Stephanie. Absolutely. And guys, so this Siren Festival took place in the summer because you go to Coney Island in the summer. That is the thing to do. One of the things to do, the many things to do. New York is alive during the summer <laughs> on a whole other level. And this was free. Free. Yeah. F-R-E-E. Yeah. What? Who sees New York dolls for free? Yeah. Matt and Kim for free. MIA for free. Nah, we did because we're special. We're pretty awesome. Yeah. So absolutely, absolutely loved it. It was great. Um, you know, the Siren Festival, again, I'm going to bring back the word underground because they did. That festival brought bands that may were up and coming, maybe were part of a, of a niche market, of a New York scene, of an LA scene, a Seattle scene, an Austin scene, whatever. Brought them here. And like I... You know, years later, I discovered one of my favorite shoegazer bands, you know, place to bury strangers, uh, you know, <clears throat> saw them there. And I absolutely adore Coney Island, guys. It's a little bit about me. It's my favorite place on earth. It really is. Yeah. I don't care. It's grungy. It's grimy. It's got history. And there's like one of the last standing freak shows of 
in America. Yeah. What is there not to love about Coney Island? I love a good boardwalk. And yeah, so that was really amazing. So she killed it. And actually in the fall, we got to see her again in 2007 in our beloved Vegas. We've talked about that. You guys know what that's about. If you have listened to us, you know that we had quite the time there. And that was literally a time. I remember when she went on stage, Stephanie, I was in the beer line and I could feel the ground vibrating because her bass was that hard. Oh my God. That's so cool. That is so cool. (laughs) Oh! it's about to happen i'm gonna dance uncontrollably it was so great so great so great and i actually got to see her in 2013 um at my beloved fun 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 fest my favorite defunct festival in austin that was a hell of a lineup so she was a headliner she graced the stage with slayer body count ice tea johnny mark gojira big frida chromag snoop Dog, it was wild. That was by far one of my top fun, fun, funs. Yeah. It was so good. And yeah, to be a headliner for that, that's a big deal. That's a completely big deal. I mean, man, she shared the stage with Slayer. Enough said. That's so cool. Yeah. 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 That was quite the time. And, you know, I mentioned, you know, earlier that she's an artist and she really does bring her artistry to her sets. You know, whether it's her outfits and she has good graphics in the back, um, you know, she, she brings that. So it, it's a really great experience for sure. And I, I'm glad we, we saw her in her prime. It was awesome. Yeah. And that's so cool that you got to see her those multiple subsequent times because I just feel like that was the, that was really ultimate time frame, right? Yes. Uh, to be able to see any kind of artist, I mean, who's really just out there putting out very special art that's not like anybody else. Um, yes. And so I'm just, you know, I'm grateful that we've seen all these concerts over the years because it's just a, it's a real special moment in time. You can't really even recreate it, you know? Absolutely. Man, let's go back. Yeah. A renaissance. Right? <laughs> let's go back in time. Let's go back in time. <sighs> well, talk tuners. We'd love to hear your MIA stories as usual. Uh, if you've seen her, if uh, you've interacted with her in any way, we'd love to hear those stories. We can be found kind of anywhere you're at. We're on your social of choice. We're on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok at Stephanie's Talk Tunes on Twitter slash X. We are Stephanie's Talk at Gmail, Stephanie's Talk Tunes at gmail.com. An easy shortcut to everything Stephanie and Stephanie Talk Tunes. It's Stephanie's Talk There you can find even some merch and all of our episodes. So thank you so much for the support. And also thank you for those who have rated us on good pods, which has been amazing visibility for us. Uh, Stephanie, we're on top of the charts uh, this past week when I checked for music history again. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Talk tuners. So cool. So great for us. If you haven't installed good pods, please just give us a quick five-star review and we'd appreciate it so much. And if you write a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we'll periodically be reading those here on the show. So again, just gratitude. Thank you for those. Keep them coming. It means so much to us and it really helps us uh, get the word out about the show. So thank you for supporting an independent podcast. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Echoing those sentiments as always. And y'all, we are a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. This is a network that is exclusive music podcasts. Go check out our family. They have a ton of really great podcasts there. Indulge. Gotta love the music. And whoever thought, Stephanie, that we would be considered music historians? 
I love I know. it. I know, right? But we're out there on the music history charts on Good Pets. Yeah. So I yeah. just, I think that's so cool and I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey guys, it's been real. This is Stephanie Pena. I'm out. Peace out, talk tuners. We love you. We'll see you in two weeks. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.